Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's the Drink Talking with the Thinking Drinkers, Ben McFarland and Tom Sandon, and Mistress of Wine, Sam Caporn. All the booze, news and views, from Absinthe to Zinfandel. First for news, news for thirst. Hello, everybody, and welcome to It's the Drink Talking, where we distill all the drinks news of the week into a very handy sort of listening uh, thing that means you get all the information in your ears. And it is being presented by me, Ben McFarlane, by far the most handsome of the three presenters. I think we all uh, agree. But I'm joined, as ever, to my right, Sam Caporn. Welcome. How are you doing, Sam? I'm very well, thanks. Good, um, that's enough, Tom. <laughs> no, Sam, well, you'll be talking about wine, won't yes. you? Yes. Let's finish I'm, what you're uh, going to say. You are one of very few mistresses of well, wine. Well, yes, I'm, so my, my brand name, if you will, is mm. the Mistress of Wine, but I'm actually a master of wine. It's really confusing. Mm. I think there's about I 356. Oh, but is it sexist? Is it sexist? Mm. I don't know what sexist is anymore. Yeah, I don't Would know. Would you rather be called a master of wine? Do no, you find I like more being a master of wine. It's, actor, it's, yeah, exactly. No, it's quite authoritative. I'm quite happy being a master of wine. And it's shortened to MW anyway, so mm. that's true. gender that's is quite... thus removed. Yes. Yeah, and so I am basically the wine person, and um, today I'm doing my legend of liquor. All right, keep your powder dry on that one. And hello, Tom, my darling. <laughs> hello, hello, dear. Uh, yes, my name is Tom Sandom. Tom Sandom. Yeah, I am one of the thinking drinkers with Ben, and I talk about spirits. And I would like to say a big thank you to all the listeners, Ben, who've been coming to our shows because we've been very lucky, Sam. Do you have many repeats? Visitors. We do. We're starting to build what our agent, base. what a pair of toss bags talking about agents, our agent calls a fan base. Yeah. But other people quite... call mentally ill. <laughs> <laughs> the show I went to with you guys both were in dresses for a short period of time, I think. Mm. Are you sure yeah. we were? Yeah, yeah. No, 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 oh, no. Yeah. Here, yeah. You, yeah. I mean, yours particularly are yours kind of like. I've got great legs. Blazed yeah. on my retinas. Okay, good. And so uh, I can see why people would be rushing back for a second fix. Yeah, we also wear pants and bikinis and all sorts in it. But that's not the reason. I think the reason is because we taste free drink in the show and we talk about it. And come onto our website, thinkingdrinkers.com, yep. and you can see our tour dates. But thank you, really. And yes. we are, we are as ever, surprised that people are still coming and seeing us. And it's very, very 
Nice. Humbling. I don't want to say humbling. Humbling. Because I don't want to be humble. I, I want to be rich. I, I want to be rich say they're humble. and arrogant. Thank so you. there we go. That's anyway, right, let's crack on because um, there's stuff to do, things to say. And the first feature of the podcast, as always, is a spit or swallow, where we showcase something we are very fond of uh, in the drinks world and something we're not so pleased about. And this week, you lucky things, it's me. Mm. And I am going to be starting with my spit. And it regards Barbie. The doll? The doll. Right. Yes. I never had a Barbie, Sam. Guess. Yes or no? I think you probably did. I would say that you wouldn't out of choice, but there might have been one in your toy box because... You've got sisters. uh, You've Mm. got sisters, yeah. Yeah. Love them. Love them? (laughs) No, I wouldn't have... Had loads. Oh, the little outfits made a bonk, but... Um, a bonk bed. <laughs> wait, a bonk bed. wait a minute. Um, now you get your little outfits. You get a new outfit for Christmas, your birthday. Yeah. I even managed to wangle getting a new outfit for my siblings' birthdays. Mm. Um, I'm all ears. Well, you haven't asked me. You're not me, slagging ben. her off, you are you? Asked me if well, I had any Barbies. In the interest of uh, gentle neutrality, <laughs> did you have a Barbie when you were younger? I didn't, and neither did my sister because she had two older brothers. So mm. she had not even a Cindy. Unfortunately, action men and things that were just left mm. over. Wasn't Barbie mm. more uh, sexy? More yeah. sexy than Cindy? Yeah. Okay. He was quite sexy, but no, sort of Barbie, quite gender neutral. About. Oh, I thought you were talking about uh, action <laughs> men. All right, move on. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'd yeah. Do. yeah. He wasn't sexy. Yeah, those grip hands. Mm. Those <laughs> eyes, <laughs> though. <laughs> those eyes. They'd follow you anywhere. Well, it's Barbie, but more specifically, Ken. Ken has been relaunched. There's loads of new Kens come out. One's got cornrows. <laughs> he hasn't come out. He's still with Barbie, but there would be. Wait nothing. a minute. He's getting older, but he's got cornrows. Is he going through a midlife crisis? Oh, no, well, well, he's got the cornrows, and uh, is he a Ken all... of colour, or is he just got he the has, cornrows? He has got. There's an Asian Ken. There's a Ken of mixed parentage. I think yeah. is the most politically correct way of saying that. And there's a Latino Ken. And then, in terms of the hairstyles, he's got. He's got cornrows. One of them's got a man bun. Nice. Right, again, any, that is something uh, I associate with Any beards or any um, redheads? Uh, no. Yeah, whoa. No redheads. These are aimed at children. Mm. Come on. Um, but what, what pertinent to my uh, swallow, they've given him spit. One, one of his... Spit, spit sorry. Yeah. Thank oh, it's you. your spit. It's my spit. Well, yeah. he swallowed too much. He maybe. swallowed too much because one of them is he's got a bit of a paunch on him. Mm. Which I think good as a as well a man done. who as a fat sir. as a fat man <laughs> no as a man of shape as a man of a shape as a man of shape yeah they've released one where he's got a bit of a belly on him but all the press hmm. have described it and I've seen the press release from Mattel the mm. uh, all of them have described it as a beer belly. <gasps> All oh, of them. That is outrageous because... And you're that's like, well, why? Just, that's not fair. Well, isn't it could be baked bean belly. Right. It's more okay. likely to be or crisps. A, yeah. or, or if he's got like a, a man bun, I mean, yeah. he's probably a hipster, so he spends his time in coffee shops Loading Paste, up loads brownies. Of, loads of pastries. But is it the Ken who's had two kids with Barbie and, you know, to be just fair, got, he's just, just on the wane. He's, he's just, in just, his 40s. <laughs> he can't be bothered. The real joy in life is that one hour window you get at the end yeah. of the day where you watch television and, and eat chocolate and biscuits. Is he, is he that Ken? Yeah. Is he that Strangely, Ken? He's, he's Ken that's obviously given up but still thinks... He should have cornrows. That is a midlife crisis, Ken. Is that what they've created? Is that what they've called it? Does he drive a fancy sports car? I don't know. Date a young Barbie. Mm, It's all getting Mm. a bit sinister now. (laughs) Anyway, the point being is that beer again is blamed. uh, Is is blamed. Beer contains no fat. 
Mm. None. Not sausage. Nothing. Not <laughs> sausage. <laughs> I don't know. Nothing. Sometimes I garnish my beer with a sausage. <laughs> yeah. And it's not got any cholesterol either. And according to scientists at the University of London, moderate beer drinkers are no more prone to developing a belly than anyone else. Right. It's not the beer that's the problem. Oh, it's the it lifestyle. Yeah, okay, it's the al- and it is the alcohol. Mm. How many calories do you think are in a half pint of beer? Oh, um, hundred. Bang on. Wow. Well, sort of ninety-five. Bloody close. Yeah. Well done. Uh, it's nowhere near as calorific as you think. A pint of beer has fewer calories than a pint of orange juice and a pint of milk. Two hundred fifty milliliter glass of wine has one hundred ninety-three calories. Okay, let's not go bashing other forms because no, I imagine no, your gin no, and tonics saying, coming next. No, but they don't. They don't say to him, "Oh, no, look, he's put on a bit of weight. He's got a, uh, a rum belly." No, yeah. uh, no. You have lager louts. You don't have a chardonnay lout, do no, you? No, not really. You think a lot of the alcohol-related social disorder. I imagine some of it is ladies drinking too much wine, but you never see wine. Uh, yeah, getting... he definitely can get a wine belly, mm. but, it, but it's not really. Maybe it's not alliterative. Mm. And beer also has high levels of good fat. Mm. Good fat. Uh, Which reduces the risk of heart attacks. Beer is rich in all sorts of vitamin B, riboflavin, folate, cobalamin. Like bananas, beer is high in potassium, Potassium. Mm -hmm. uh, which keeps you regular. Bricks up. Well, that explains a lot after a And it keeps bones clicking. It keeps your heart ticking. And, I mean, if you go into hops, we've done hops before. They are very good and they're using Chinese medicine. And also, just to hammer home this point, did you hear about the beer yoga in London? There is no. a beer yoga session you can go down to and you do all the yoga stuff normally, but you are drinking a nice bottle of beer at the same time. The idea is it complements the joy of drinking beer and the mindfulness of yoga. Yeah. Okay. And I think it's I don't buy that we're in different territory there. I, I don't. <laughs> um, I'm not so a anyway. yoga aficionado. No, uh, I go for a run if I'm lucky, and that will be my exercise. Running. Yeah, it's cardiovascular, you see, and yeah. uh, I care it's about my sweaty. heart. But I would have a drink of beer. I'd have a packet of crisps as well, and I because <laughs> sometimes I have some fruit, and sometimes you know but I have all a cake. about balance. And it's also, about balance. And I think it's fine that he has a beer belly because I think they've been together for years, Barbie and Ken. And I think she must look at him and just think... She hasn't got yeah. a lard also. Why haven't they given her a big well, pair of well, hips? But also, boobs I like? think... Saggy. Not <laughs> really. They look great. Perky little things. Yeah, thing. they're yeah. still the same. Still the same. Yeah. That's my spit. Yeah, I, stop, I agree. Stop giving men a complex about their beer bellies. It's just <laughs> a belly. It's from mm. peanuts and crisps and pastries. And I can tell you that from experience. <laughs> Love pastries. Um, now, my swallow is a good one. Now It will be a judge of that, then. Yeah. Surely. Mostly no, no, the listeners will be. I don't care what Let's you say. Let's see how many listeners we have after this podcast. They yeah. will be the judge. Okay. So, here's a question for you. Get your paper how ready ma- and ask the question. How many tonnes of bread mm. do you think are wasted every year? 50. Um, tonnes? Yeah. Million tonnes? Problem is... Uh, A million tonnes. I said 50. Got to be somewhere <laughs> in between. I know, 50 million tonnes. Oh, <laughs> okay. Wrong! Wrong! Okay, that's, yeah, that's my wrong. Tom, you do it. You say... 500 million tonnes. Wrong! <laughs> I said 50 million. Yeah. 900,000 tonnes of bread are wasted every that year. That is shocking. How many slices a day are thrown away? Well, actually, well, just I mean, divide I, that by 365. Yeah. I'm going to calculate I'll tell you, 24 million slices every day. And in terms of calories, which brings back to my previous point, uh, that's enough to lift over 26 million people out of hunger. 
And the reason I'm telling you this is yes. because there is this wonderful new beer called Toast Beer, Ooh, which cool is name. brewed using thrown away disused bread. Mm. Oh. So they are recycling this. Where did they get this from? Don't ask. This doesn't sound like an idea we've come up with ourselves, Ben. What? Sounds like some sort of crazy foreign idea. Is this an English? No, idea? no, it's English. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's British. Good, well, good it's British entrepreneurialism. Okay. <laughs> and um, did you know as well? A single sandwich factory discards thirteen thousand slices of fresh bread every day. And do you know why that is? Quality control. No, because people refuse to buy size. sandwiches made with crusts. Oh, I would buy it? a sandwich. No. If it was a bit cheaper. <laughs> Yes, yes, you would. Yeah. It would be would very really? dry. Yeah. Would the you crust. really? You would sacrifice a nice, tasty <laughs> sandwich for a cheaper sandwich. If you were in Pret-a-Manger or any other sandwich shops are available, and at the end they just went, oh, this is the crust section, and it's 30% cheaper. But it's It'd made. have to be 50% cheaper yeah. at the very least. Free. It's a crust. I like a bit of crust. I like a bit of crust with some butter and some marmite on. Oh, no, I love a crust. I'm all over crust. Crust's anyway, all over me. Listen. But I just think, no, you're right. wrong. There. Anyway, you're wrong. Move so on. what's happened is that they take this bread and they brew a beer with it. They first brewed it in Hackney, at the Hackney Brewery, obviously. Mm, typical, mm, yeah. Yeah. And what they do is they collaborate with lots of different breweries. And this one is in Yorkshire, actually. Oh, you need to oh, pour it, go. This is all getting a bit logistical. At the Hamilton Brewery. And they do a pale ale. I know we don't normally do tasting. No, let's, well. let's keep it quite light because we've got yeah. rum coming up shortly. So, um, And they do a brown toast porter. They do a white toast vice beer. And it's just a really good idea. It's quite tasty. It's, it's, quite, um, it's quite bready, isn't it? It's got a sort of bready quality. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, I bread, know. Um, well, obviously bread. I'm an expert. Yeah. It's quite a nice mm. colour and it's quite strongly flavoured, I'd say. But in a good way, not so a bad way. And I can see it's 5%. Mm. I like that. Yeah, it's good beer. It's toasted sort of colour. So not only are they eliminating yeah, thank you. bread no, thank waste, you. they are raising awareness of general food waste, which yeah, I good, think is terrible. Guys. And they send all their profits to Feedback, which is all about reusing mm-hmm. food waste. Awesome. So it's it's a good thing. And is it in, so it's a relatively new um, um newish beer? No, no, it's been around for a while. They're getting good distribution. You can buy this in Waitrose, oh. obviously. Yeah. And you can buy it online at Beerhawk as well. So good. they're they're good. So their range includes toast pure bread pale ale. They've got a blooming lovely oh. session oh. IPA oh, and like a, a much needed oh. craft lager. So they're good on the does it, puns does as well. Does it cost a lot of dough, Ben? It how does. Much, how much is it? Was it um, <laughs> sorry. I don't actually, actually know. My wife bought it for me. Oh, that's a nice so that's nice. She's nice. So there we go. That's my spit or swallow. Love it. Good. I, thought, I told you it was going to be great mm. and it was. Yeah, as yeah. drinks-based podcast information goes, that was great. Yes. Thanks, <laughs> guys. Small, small pool you're fishing in. But yes. Good. So, the next thing we are going to be doing today mm. is going to be tasting some spirits. And that means we're going over to you, Tom. And We're uh, going to be tasting rum. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sam Caporn, the mistress of wine, and you're listening to It's the Drink Talking. We all say yeah to rum, but not everyone does, you know, because when we do our tastings with people and we bring out rum, sometimes people are a little bit apprehensive about Why? it. Old-fashioned associations with the spirit. In this country, we became particularly uh, fond of navy-style rums, uh, which are very dark and quite assertive rums. The Cuban style of rum, which is a lot lighter, was more popular in America, particularly after Prohibition when they, they were going down to Havana to drink. There are lots of different styles of rum, and today I'm going to talk about aged rum. Quick <coughs> question. A dark and stormy, that's a cocktail. It is a mm-hmm. cocktail. Is that a rum-based It is. Cocktail. Gosling's rum. In fact, interestingly, they uh, trademarked that. So if you have a dark and stormy on a menu, it's trademarked as a Gosling's oh, really? rum product. Yeah. And I've been Smart. to Bermuda and, and enjoyed their rum. But their rum is imported from lots of different islands around the Caribbean because that's one of the, the sort of big ends of the rum industry. But rum, at its heart, is sugar. And for that reason alone, if you don't think you like it, you probably should address it because most Mm. people in this country... I had it on my Weetabix this morning, Demerara sugar. I thought you were going to say rum. rum. No, 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 no. But Demerara sugar, yeah, we're going to talk about Demerara sugar and we're going to talk about two different rums that are made with different sugars. One of them will be Demerara sugar. And I I know you're keen to know, Ben, whether your Demerara sugar is a healthier choice. We'll just get that out of the way. I really did have a go. (laughs) It's exactly the same, apparently. Is it? Same sort of sugar content. Anyway. Sorry. uh, No, no, no. I just want to clear that up uh, with your wife. She's probably right. Uh, The reason that you might think it's just there hasn't been quite the same level of research because we all eat white sugar here. So all the research into sugar has been done on. Yeah, but I think it's a bit like white or brown bread, I think. Or brown, because it's... You're probably wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Ben is currently... And it's a shame we haven't got a video for this. He's showing us his belly, and it's beautiful. Um, uh, Yes, it's obtained from sugarcane. Sugarcane is a grass, harvested and pressed, and they extract the sugary waters, and then they're fermented, and then they're distilled. There aren't a lot of regulations around rum. It can be made anywhere in the world. We tend to sort of think of it as only a Caribbean product, but actually it can be made anywhere in the world. Predominantly made in tropical climates where it's aged, and the tropical ageing process means that it will age in a barrel, it will take on a lot of the characteristics of that barrel at a lot quicker rates than spirits do in temperate climates. Uh, so as well as the sugar, the influence of the barrel, these are things that are adding those lovely caramel and sweeter notes to rum. Don't be afraid of it. It's great. We love it. And we've got two rums that will particularly showcase the glory of the sugar today and we're going to try Diplomatico Reserva Exclusiva first. So as I said Diplomatico Reserva Exclusiva is a Venezuelan rum so to prove the point straight off the bat 
we've got something that's been made in Venezuela. So, quick question: What is the difference between different rums? Obviously, you've got branding, you've got different countries, but they're all essentially made from sugarcane. They are, and the byproduct of a sugarcane, a refined sugar molasses, would yeah. be one way of creating your base product. So that molasses would then you'd add water to it, and then you'd mm. ferment it. Or you can use the sugarcane juice, uh, which is more a process that would be rum agricole, which is made in Martinique, mm. uh, which is a bit more of an earthier spirit. There are different styles. There's white rum, so you'll know Bacardi, uh, Havana Club do a white rum as so well. Why is that white? <clears throat> Because they uh, well, they'll have charcoal filtered out. Oh, the colour. The colour. <coughs> Bacardi was made specifically as a rum for cocktails for mixed drinks. So there are lots of different styles. The navy rum we talked about, spiced rum, of mm. course. You might have tried uh, things like Kraken. And Diplomatico is an aged rum, and we sort of pitch it about the ten years and up. And uh, quite alcoholic, I guess. Yeah, I mean, these rums are coming in around the 40% mark. I think they're both 40% ABV, they are. Each region and each island has, on the whole, a characteristic. That would be fair to say. Because there's no regulations, every sort of island has developed its own style. So in Jamaica, you would expect a, a rum like Appleton, which is quite a robust, darker rum. And going back to Cuba, they are particularly known for their lighter styles. Trinidad, they use column stills, which make a slightly lighter spirit and mix with pot still rums, but that might be a lighter style than, say, Jamaica. Venezuela, they've been making rum there since the late 1800s, and it's all off the back of the movement of sugar in the 17th, 18th century. It was popular white gold. The Europeans were moving it all around. And sugarcane grows particularly well in Venezuela. And we've been lucky enough to go and visit Venezuela and taste the rum Ooh. there. Oh, yeah, right. well, you know, kind of a big deal. Ooh. And um, it's a beautiful country. We tend to associate it a bit with um, violence. We shouldn't. There's a lot of the beautiful people there. They've won the Miss World Contest more times <laughs> than any other nation oh, on the planet, yeah. which is worth adding. Good and research, they, Tom. Good yeah, research. I know. Well, you know, go deep <laughs> when I get into the Miss World. You. I go deep. And they're, they're really naturally beautiful. They've got uh, like Los Roques Islands of natural beauty off the coast. Where they have turtle sanctuary, in fact. Remember, yeah, remember we were in this bar. I was in a bar. Remember with this you bar? Well. Um, tell the listeners about that time that uh, turtle. Well, came we were in. in there, and the turtle actually came into the bar, the bar while we were in there, and it was trying to tell this us some, of this, this, some of this rum, happened. really giving it the hard shell. sad. But when we went to Venezuela, we met uh, up with another distillery, not Diplomatica, actually, Santa Teresa Distillery, who have a programme, Project Alcatraz, and they reform criminals outside of the favelas, which is where Mm. all the violence is, and they they reform them through the rum distillery. But I mean, I was there talking to this guy who, at the age of 15, was the most feared assassin in Venezuela. 1-5. 1-5, yeah. So Mm. there are problems there, but they're trying, and and Diplomatica is the same, working with the local community and trying to get people involved. So it's doing good things as well. What was he like? Was he a nice fellow? He was actually, but he was very quiet. He's obviously had a lot going on in his brain there. I didn't find out until after I'd spoken to him. He was then a bodyguard for the distillers. And what did you chat about with him? Well, it was through a translator. He didn't speak English. They were talking about how the distillers went into the favelas and they were two white guys. And when they went and approached these teenagers and asked them if they would want to come out of the favelas and get jobs, they were both stood there with guns behind their back. Not sure if these guys were police pretty much yeah. ready to shoot them in the head and then run. So, yeah, they were quite tasty, yeah. I think you'd say. But nothing you wouldn't have encountered in St Albans. No, no, no. I mean, in Harpenden specifically, Ben, we just deal with it, you know. Um, anyway, uh, this is a premium rum. 
And uh, it's delicious. It is delicious, and they're a blend of different rums from different barrels. And at Diplomatico Reserva Exclusiva, the the master blender takes some of the rum from the best barrels. Now, rum predominantly ages in old American oak barrels, and we talked about American oak before in the bourbon industry, where they make these barrels, use them for their bourbon, and then they make new barrels for the next batch. So these barrels go out into the rest of the world. And in the case of rum, they use a lot of American oak. In fact, mostly American oak, although in Martinique and Agricole, they might use French cognac barrels. So we're going to encounter a bit of vanilla on the nose. Mm. Uh, There are rums in here of 12 years old. And that ageing, I think, with the sugar, gives it almost a note of chocolate. I don't know if anyone else is agreeing I've got a quick question. So with rum... Mm -hmm. Do you drink it on the rocks? Is most rum drunk with cocktails? In this country, it would be predominantly drunk with Coke, rum and Coke. Yeah. That would be the, the biggest bar call. Yeah. What we are trying to do as the thinking drinkers and you are trying to do as a mistress of wine is try and enlighten people a bit more in their imbibing behaviour. This should be drunk neat. Mm. and um, With ice? <clears throat> Yeah, so I would have it with a, a single piece of ice. But if you don't add ice, you're going to get a lot more of the flavour because yeah, obviously you yeah. start to chill something, yeah. you lose a bit of those flavours. And, and get aromas. some dilution. And you get a bit of dilution, which is nice in a way because it opens it up a bit mm. and it might temper, so it's sort of 40% ABV, mm. it is strong. And it makes it last a bit longer. So ice is not to be frowned on. And also, and this is the perfect thing to drink after dinner. Pina colada. You could have it in a pina colada, a great mm. cocktail. Overdue a comeback, I think. Yeah, I mean, a lot of bartenders would argue they have already helped it come back and they're making twists on pina coladas. It's, although it's a sort of much maligned drink, yeah. the bartenders just hold it with a bit of reverence because oh, it's really? tasty. It's a yeah. tasty beverage. And probably quite healthy, all that lovely coconut in it. And... Yeah. Yeah, quite a lot Rum. of cream. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and alcohol. And alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do people get on that Venezuelan Delicious. rum? Delicious. I get the vanilla the more than anything. Vanilla. I get yeah. some spices. Uh, there's a bit of nutmeg in there Trick. for me. So oh, I absolutely nutmeg. love yeah. it. Coffee, it's almost wonderful. bitterness. Yeah. It's beautiful stuff. And we try this in our show. We're going to be doing mm. this in our shows around the UK this year. And it really is a game changer for yeah. people on rum. They taste it and they just think, oh, I do I like think, rum. I think okay. people still associate dark rum with... Uncle Albert from Only Exactly, that naval stuff. Naval stuff, yeah. and, and that is a totally different drink. I still think there's value in that end of things, but this is much more nuanced. It's got mm. much more complexity. It's easier to drink. It doesn't have that kind of heaviness to it. Mm. What I like about this is it's got the kind of accessibility of like a bourbon, but with the uh, sort of complexity of a cognac you know what yeah. I mean it sort yeah. of has that and is it kind of a that. digestive well this is I mean when I was in Venezuela when I was when we were, yeah, sorry. licking all the hot women yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. and, and turtles. turtles and turtles <laughs> <laughs> when I was looking at the turtle heads uh, I was really enjoying it neat and I, I, weirdly the story in, in Los Rocas took a turn for the worst because I drank a bottle of this which is not responsible listeners and I did lose my passport and wallet on a beach <gasps> in the middle of a tropical storm oh. and then I had to get flown across from Los Rocas to Venezuela and a pilot then flew my passport which turned up separately and I had to run for a plane so don't drink a bottle of it but I did and, enjoy you know, just drinking it neat in the sunshine mm. so I don't think um, yeah, I don't think you need to think about when you should be drinking it just if you fancy a rum have a rum, a rum. <laughs> it's nice it's a nice bottle it comes in a lovely sort of cardboard container as well like a box good for gifting, like a box. Good for mm. gifting Sam <laughs> well said write that in the times why don't you <laughs> And well, next on, what are we tasting we next? We should probably move on. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, I'm trying we, to keep this on... Uh, not really, though, are you? Um, keep on. asking me questions. I know. 
Guyana. We're going to Guyana. Um, Guyana. So this is the home of Demerara sugar. Um, sugar. And one of the biggest sugar-producing countries in the world, the Demerara sugar is still very popular around the world, and Ben does... Put it on my Weetabix. Put it on his Weetabix. Two Weetabix. This is called El Dorado. El Dorado rum, and we've got El Dorado 12-year-old, and El Dorado is the name of the uh, mystical city of gold that the Europeans were searching for. Well, it's the name of the town was Manoa, apparently. Loads of Europeans, Sir Walter Raleigh was one of the people that went over to look for this mystical city of gold, and apparently the king would spray himself in gold, and but they never found it. It didn't exist. But they did make a children's cartoon series about it. Do you oh, remember this? Yes, yes, cities do, of Gold, which Sing is it. all about it. Oh, 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 cities of gold. That's how it went. Yeah, uh, it was produced by the Japanese and French together, which I found oh. quite interesting. Well, that combination of the French and the Japanese. Ever sat on a Japanese toilet? No. No. They are warm, and after you oh, get yes, up, of they, they sort of have a little motor that... Oh. The, the a seat hygiene goes, thing. Yeah, and, mm. it goes, mm. like, and it goes round and it cleans it. The French, it's just a hole in the ground. So <laughs> True, but they do them, have B-days. Yeah, that's true. To be fair to them. That is true. To be fair. And we only have wet wipes. So Yeah. The hole in the ground is they're lesser spotted these days, aren't they? Yeah. They're usually Campsides. on the side of roads, aren't they? Motorways. Yeah. Anyway, if you combine those two cultures, you just get a normal loo. Yeah. <laughs> I see. It averages out. <laughs> yeah. A, just a normal loo with loo paper. El Dorado, I'm sure, love this association with toilets, but let's move forward with Should the we rum. taste it? Let's yes. taste it. And it is made with demerara sugar. Now, that is going to add a little richness to this that might not be in the other rum, a spicy note to it. It's also made on wooden stills. Ah, wooden stills? Wooden still. The oldest working Kofi still. It's not a wooden bottom, but the wood is in a part of the pot a still. And in fact, <laughs> the, the uh, condensers are copper. But the vapours passing around a wooden pot still add another dimension to the spirit and they take all these different marks or new make rums and then they blend them together and then they age them and as the age would suggest it's 12 years so they're blended from different age stocks the youngest would be 12 years old and that's um, an incredible given that the climate 12 years so that the, the rum's in the barrel all that time and it's incredibly hot i imagine yes and it's going and so it's aging Really getting a lot from the wood. Well, this is it. I mean, going back to that idea of the temperate climate in whiskey in Europe versus the tropical ageing conditions of a rum, they estimate that it would add the same value of three years resting in tropical conditions is the same as one year in temperate climate. So, so a whiskey... Tw- tw- a 12-year-old rum is equivalent of a 36-year-old whiskey? Yeah, yeah, roughly. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the other thing is you have but to be careful. there must careful. be a sort you, of an arch there, of... There is, and you have to be careful as well because you don't want to leave anything in wood for too long because then you just get wood. Mm. And while I'm sure that's beneficial for you, Ben, let's say for Sam, you don't <laughs> really just want wood. You want something else you within the substance. spirit. Yeah, you no, need they both something. look quite expensive. I've got They're no both idea retailing between, depending on where you buy them around 35 to 45 pound mark and i would suggest buying them online somewhere like uh, the 
whiskeyexchange.com or Master of Malt, and you'll get a good price on that. Just to go to the tasting of this. Yeah. There's, Quite different. For me, with a Demerara rum, there's a bit more of a smoky, earthy quality mm. to it to start with, and it sort of builds in the barrel to a spicy, and I find this a little bit spicier than the Venezuelan, which is a bit more chocolatey. So actually, it's, mm. it's quite a nice transition in these two aged rums to go from something, if you're new to rum, an introductory Diplomatico, mm. which has got that sweeter chocolatey note, then sort of taking it up to a, a slightly spicier note with the 12-year-old. They've got a great reputation, El Dorado, and Diplomatico. El Dorado with the uh, the bartenders, uh, the 15-year-old is highly revered. That's a bit more expensive. But very, very I, good rum. I think rum doesn't get the credit it deserves. I think one of the problems it's had is it's not very heavily regulated. Mm. Uh, so in the cases of even tequila now, we're seeing a lot of good quality tequila arrive here because of the CRT, the regulatory board. That and it's made. trendy. I mean... Back in the day at uni, you just drank a tequila as Ambuka, mm. you know, as a shot drink, I think. Yeah. Whereas now, it's I think it's perceived as being premium and quite cool and mm. more artisan. Maybe. Yeah, that's probably about um, right. But yeah, it wouldn't really cross my mind to go to a bar and order myself a rum. Mm. But uh, maybe, maybe, maybe I now. Will. Maybe now. Also, I think, especially the Diplomatico. What's well, my favourite? That was Love it. a dessert. Like in an ice yeah. cream. With really an ice nice. cream or in an ice cream. Over Poured over it. That's what yeah. I give my two year old. Making sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so everyone's feeling a little bit light headed, I imagine, after that. It's quite a lot of <laughs> neat spirits we've just drunk, listeners. That's great. Uh, try Delicious. it at home. Do try this at home. Well, thank you, Tom. That was very informative. So, Sam. Ben. It's your part of the podcast. Um, it is indeed. And um, I am, for one, very excited about this. And um, so don't let me down. What is it about? It's Legends of Liquor. What, I mean, my one minute I've got left. No, no, no. We'll cut. <laughs> Banged on and on. Don't. On the we also round. talked about Barbie well, for quite a while. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll, we'll cut Tom's bit. That won't make the final cut. Yeah. So, my Legends of Liquor, I'm doing another slightly, you know, feminist one. One oh, for the girls. Oh, oh, girls. Um, the Champagne Widows. Uh-huh. But you guys know a bit about this, I think. Yeah. yeah. So basically, back in the day, a number of very famous champagne houses, the men keeled over and died, and the young, quite young widows took over the house. And this was back in the day, sort of 19th century, when that really wasn't the done thing to do. And these women actually were really amazing. As in, they just went into a sort of a man's world and um, became the kind of the first businesswomen of the time. So the most famous one is... Who do you think the most famous one is? Madame Verve Clicquot. That's right. So uh, <laughs> yeah. Verve in French, Ben, you obviously know this, being French, part French, widow. Uh, so, um, I didn't know that. I thought it meant get up and go. <laughs> no. <laughs> So the champagne down, house, <laughs> Verve Clicquot, uh, Verve meaning widow, and Clicquot being the name of her husband, Barb Nicole was the, the lady's name, and she hadn't been married all that long when he died in 1805, and she was left um, 27 years of age, and she decided to run the champagne house. And uh, she was awesome. She invented quite a few things. So not only did she go in, take over the champagne house and basically create a mega brand, because actually the full name of Vauclicot is Vauclicot Nicolas Ponsoldin, which actually is her surname because she um, came from quite a posh family. Her father was a baron. What was this? Ponsoldin? Pont, no. Ponsoldin. Pont, I, don't, I don't speak French, but Ponsoldin. 
Pencil down. Pencil down. Pencil down. Pencil down. So if you look on the la- <laughs> on a label of Verve, you've got the Verve Clicquot, and then underneath you've got the longer. It's got the longer bit that basically combines the two families. But it's, and it's retained the name Verve Clicquot because a number of other houses started off with the Verve in front, and then it got dropped over the years. But this one has retained it, and it means you know Widow Clicquot. Mm. But so she was awesome. She um, invented riddling. Yes. Mm. Do you know what riddling is? No. Is that when they... <laughs> yeah, yes, do. Is that when they Delicious. turn yeah. the bottle? Yeah, when they turn the bottle, the remouage. Yeah. So basically when the, um, you know, when you got do the second fermentation to make it um, sparkling, when the yeast die, you get a lot of cloud and sediment in the bottle and then you basically riddle it, you turn it and you move it to sort of an upright position. So the neck's pointing down and then the sediment all drops into the neck. So she invented that. Now, wow. I heard that there was this man called LaSalle who was one of the um, red trousered? Um, what were they called? The f- Look at my effing red trousers. dot com. Yeah, no, it was um, he was one of Napoleon's like main generals, General Lasalle, and he was a real rogue. And you know the Rick Mail character who um, uh. Captain Flashheart. It's, oh yes, 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 yes he's in Blackadder. Yeah, yeah, Blackadder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this, he was a real sort of bounder, mm-hmm. and he bedded loads of ladies. Flash- a cad, uh, a cad, exactly. And he used to go through champagne. And apparently, he had a bit of a thing for Madame Verve Clicquot. Oh, I don't really? Think, I don't know whether they ever got it on. She was a widow, but yeah. she had interest. I d- yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure she remarried. But okay. anyway, so he but he used to... <laughs> anyway, Ben's anyway, not finished. Listen, off, yeah. <laughs> shut up. And his story's not going to finish very well, because I'm not sure of the exact details. But he, he used to come along and... Don't worry, it's his, good being cut, sub, sabrage, He yeah. used to chop the top of the cork off. Yeah. Or the top of the bottle off, and apparently that's where she got the idea. Oh, really? Yes, I think mm. that is what's happened. And he was he was amazing because he used to do loads of good Excuse stuff. Excuse me, who's <laughs> What you've done here is what men have been doing for centuries. Is, it's, it's basically take, take, take the woman's story. Yeah, and say, yeah, well, yeah. she didn't really come up with it, did she? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Darling little thing, I think you'll find there was a bloke involved. Yeah. and he had a sword. Yes. and he did it. <laughs> yes, and he had red trousers, and he. Often drop them round his ankles. And Mr. Pants fall down. Yeah. And that's um, where we get the yes. name. Well, it's he, a sounds, um, he sounds fabulous. Anyway, thanks he sounds for like a liar. Uh, <laughs> thanks for introducing him into my Sorry. section. And um, do you know what else that she invented? Champagne related. Um, uh, uh, corks? No. Uh, uh, bubbles? <laughs> no. No. Uh, I'll tell you. Green bubbles. No, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. No, no, I'm going to get this. Uh, there's nothing else in champagne. Rosé champagne. Oh. oh! I mean, I think this is two major things. Yeah. Well, three. Not only did she take over the champagne house, she basically invented riddling and then decided, because apparently they used to put some sort of elderflower into rosé. Don't know why. She was the first person to put some of her boozy red wine into mm. in champagne and make it pink. Well, that's good. There we go. That's so, good. Yeah, so my legislature is really a group of widows, but she is the widow mo- number one. Yeah, yeah, she's widow number one. The prestige cuvee at Verve is named after her because she was known as the Grand Dame of Champagne, and their champagne is called Le Grand Dame. So she enjoyed her acclaim in her lifetime. This isn't so. Um, someone well, who, who died and then all no, I imagine she was known as Le Grand Dame, okay. but that um, prestige cuvees wouldn't have been on the scene. But for, at, her ta- for at the time, she would have been. Known. Yeah, no, and so I think she, her, her yeah, and she did a really great job. She um, shipped the wines around the world. She got the champagne in, into Russia, and Ooh, big was, market. Yeah, mm. so she oh, was. Um, I mean, they loved their champagne. They did like their champagne. Yeah. Basically, she was, you know, an amazing businesswoman. Probably um, the 
first businesswoman of modern you know, of modern also, times. Yeah. Who's to say that her husband mm. would have done that good a job? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then briefly, other amazing houses that had women at the helm at crucial periods following the bereavement of their husbands <laughs> were Pomery, Champagne mm, Pomery, okay. which was called Vauve Pomery for years, but then they actually dropped the, the widow bit. She came after uh, Madame Clicquot because that was in 1860. And she was called Louise. And again, they've named their top cuvee, Cuvee Louise, after her. Oh. Uh, that's still around today. And Laurent Perrier and mm. Rodera. Laurent Perrier and yep. they're all women. And she ran it for nearly 40 years. And then Rodera as well. I'm starting to think there's some kind of conspiracy here. There's no they, All the men seem to be dying. And, mm, and the women take over the business and yeah. find fame and fortune. Hmm. Mm. Well, how did they die? Perhaps that's you know what I don't something to did, investigate. Yeah, it's, um, it's a bit of a Poirot episode. That it's is, a Poirot it? episode, episodes yeah. of rum on the <laughs> yeah. champagne windows. And to finish, last but not least, was the wonderful Lily Bollinger, ah. who took over from Jacques Bollinger on his death, and she took control in 1941 for 30 years until 1971. She basically expanded production. She bought vineyards. She travelled the world. She promoted the brand. And, you know, she only stepped down in the 70s. Really? Yeah. And, of course, to conclude her wonderful quote on champagne. Do you know the famous quote? I drink it when I'm happy and when I'm sad. Sometimes I drink it when I'm alone. When I have company, I consider it obligatory. I trifle with it if I'm not hungry and drink it when I am. Otherwise, I never touch it unless I'm thirsty. (laughs) Ha <laughs> oh, yeah. And Bollinger, of course, is the champagne of choice for James Bond, who is also a great feminist, just to finish yeah. off. Feminist yeah, part. and uh, uh, let's also not forget that I won the Bollinger yeah, medal. Right. Yeah, well, we thank you very it. much for listening, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us seamlessly to Wanker. the... <laughs> uh, seamlessly to the end of this podcast... Um, because, well, that's the end. Well, <laughs> yes. I would hope so. It's been yes. a long one. I look long forward day. to Ian editing this one. <laughs> um, so it, all, all that's left to do is to thank you both. Well, for you being, should thank me. Thank do you know you, who Tom, I am? Tom Sandham and thank you, Sam Caporn. And thank, thank you, me, you ben. Who, who held this ship together. <laughs> ship together. Thank you most of all to the listeners. And join us next week when... There'll be the same kind of thing, but in a different order. If you've enjoyed this podcast and like to learn more about drink, then you can see Ben and Tom, the Thinking Drinkers, in our live show where we'll be tasting alcohol, making you laugh. We're on tour. All dates and ticket prices can be found on our website, www.thinkingdrinkers.com. Please buy a ticket. And if you want any more wine information, then go to my site, www.themistressofwine.com. Thanks. Thank you for listening and see you next week. Cheers. Bye. This was a Grand Cru podcast from Seven Digital. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.